Hi, everyone, and welcome to Talent Talks. I'm Rob Adams. On this episode, we're excited to be joined by Peg Newman, partner and founder of SRA Newman Group. Ms. Newman has worked diligently to provide recruiting services over the past 25 years at the highest level. On today's show, Ms. Newman will touch on a number of trends currently impacting the workplace and workforce. She will touch on the importance of strong culture and DEI initiatives and will discuss the impact this has had on client organizations. Peg, welcome to the show. How are you? Thank you. I'm doing great. Thanks, Rob. appreciate being here. Oh, it's my pleasure. All right. You've got a lot to say, I'm sure, a lot to share <laughs> for our listeners. So let's dive right in. Great. What what does the current professional workforce care about most? Well, I'll tell you, we conducted a, a non-scientific poll. And um, from that poll, what we got is that the top four things are meaningful work, no surprise, experienced leadership, team unity, and then, of course, positive company culture. Mm. Yeah, yeah. And, and for culture specifically, you know, it was things like a family-friendly culture. Um, don't make me feel guilty if I want to go watch my kid's game at 3 o'clock in the afternoon. Um, work flexibility, of course, and then more of what we're hearing now is remote and fully remote, not just hybrid. Um, access to current technology was kind of a big deal. People don't want to work with antiquated or out-of-date tools and technology to do the jobs that they're doing, right? Yeah, yeah. yeah. That makes a lot yeah. of sense, actually. And mm-hmm. and the culture, obviously, is so important. Absolutely, absolutely. Well, and, and you know, that the interesting thing about culture is it means a lot of things to a lot of people. But ultimately, it's um, it's a place where they feel valued and welcome, obviously, where they have capable colleagues, right? Where leadership listens. Those are the things that are absolutely key for them. It's, I mean, the sodas in the lunchroom, that's nice to have. That's not really what they care about. They care about coming to work with people who care about them and care about their contribution and give them uh, recognition when they do well. And I would think comfort as well as part of that culture. You know, to, you have to feel comfortable where you are. Absolutely. Yeah, Yeah, that's absolutely true. Well, you know, and and one of the things that we found as recruiters is that we're seeing people who are becoming more and more intentional about where they want to work and what that workplace looks like, which has been really, really interesting. I mean, before it was, I want good benefits, I want decent pay, I want a good boss who likes me. And now it's things like I want a company that, that cares about the community that we live in. So are they Cult, are they active throughout the community? Those things really matter to them as well. It's just really broadened and deepened over the last, I'd say, decade or so. Yeah. Peg, how do you assure that culture initiatives are adopted across an organization? And what some, what are some of the biggest challenges? You know, that's really an interesting question and, and one that's always on my mind because, because people are motivated to make a job change, which is the business that we're in. Um, based on on that kind of, of thing, what, you know, what what culture will I be walking into? And so we spend a lot of time with clients understanding what their culture is. And I said earlier, you know, culture is different things, or at least a culture match is different things to different people. And so one person may want the sodas in the lunchroom. That may be really important to them, and they may value the fact that employers buy them treats and snacks, and somebody else won't care about that at all. But um, the number one thing that that companies must do in order to really uh, create culture initiatives that can be adopted is is, is collaborate. Um, they can't create a program and then hold a bunch of meetings and expect a team to buy into a mandate for a better culture. 
really what they've got to do is create the opportunity for people to invest in culture change. And that only happens when they're involved in what, what that looks like. So one of the things that I suggest is, you know, create kind of a culture committee, for lack of a better way to phrase that, and invite people who really can make an impact on that. Be picky, be selective, don't include everybody, but bring those people in. And because they now have a say in what that process is, uh, what the changes are going to be that are going to impact collaboration, they'll they'll become kind of culture champions and they'll be ambassadors for those changes across the organization, which I think is is valuable. I mean, you want people who not only were involved in in creating what that looks like, maybe even conducting their peer interviews to determine what matters to them most, but now are going to be the, the person that when somebody new comes in, shares with them what it's like here. This is who we are and how we do things. A culture champion. I, I, I like that. What what are leading firms doing to impact culture now? And how can smaller companies duplicate culture initiatives without a significant financial and time burden? And beyond that, how do we impact culture for our future? You know, again, you're really asking interesting questions, Rob. Um, with so many people working remotely, it's harder and harder to do this, right, to have that impact because people are are home. They're not next to each other. They're not at the at the um, water cooler having conversations and, and getting to know each other. Uh-huh. So it's, yeah, it's definitely a challenge. So, uh, you know, what I, what I would say is the number one thing is to make sure that people continue to feel connected and, and that might be things like, and this is a little more expensive option, but bring everybody together at least once a year, you know, have something where they're absolutely you know, um, able to interact with the people on their team or, or in the broader organization. If you can't do that, then, you know, create some kind of social interaction, whether that's a, a Zoom social hour, inviting people to participate in something like that. Um, you know, send them some swag that reminds them that they're part of a, of a broader group and, and include a handwritten note with that. Um, I would say really, hold regular conversations that promote recognition of the organizational successes and the individuals who contributed to that. Make sure that there's recognition for that. We actually use a, a, a tool called Bucket List, which not only do, do I get to recognize the people that are do, doing great things, but individual team members get to recognize each other also. And there's a, there's a financial component. They can get gift cards and you know, um, experiences with their families or outside of the organization. So I think that's really important. But really, the ultimate most important thing that you can do is check in and reach out, especially with those remote employees. And obviously with your your local employees as well. It's really easy to lose track of the human element in what we do and really focus on only the, you know, the day-to-day work and tasks. But yeah. but it's important that you be talking with the people on your team. I recruited a gentleman this has been a couple of years ago and he told me that the number one reason that he was recruitable was that he would reach out to team members and to his direct boss um, and and those those requests for help or support or resources would go unanswered for days oh so he just yeah he felt alone and so that was the reason that he was willing to make a move and then you asked, um, what can we do for our future? Well, I think probably something else that you mentioned at the beginning is, is really look at um, 
equity and, and inclusion. I think that's kind of the next generation of, of positive culture. So I, I think, I think um, the DE&I programs that are out there are absolutely essential to continuing to grow as an organization and, and to bring in, you know, multiple perspectives that just make your, your company that much stronger. So um, I, I believe that building a focus that cultivates a culture where employees feel more valued, where they feel more trusted and safe starts with a really strong DE&I initiative. Well, Peg, you're a natural at this because you've just segued into my next question, which is about DE&I. Let's shift over there now. What's the biggest impact of an authentic DE&I employer focus? You know, I will tell you, I, I just said it and it bears repeating, and that is that employees feel more valued, they feel trusted, and they feel safe in the workplace when they know that their employer um, is is an, not just an ally, but is actively, you know, implementing initiatives to strengthen that aspect of their business. Um, I also think that some things that are probably very obvious are that it removes those hidden biases that um, cor- corporate cultures may engender, not even meaning to. Um, and and the thing that that I think is is probably the most exciting is it unlocks hidden talent. A lot of of years years ago, people were not comfortable, you know, speaking their piece or giving opinion or or um, well, speaking up really yeah. in a corporate culture. And when they know that there's a legitimate leadership focus on DE and I, it really gives them a voice that brings so much value to the corporation. Okay, what about the first two or three things you can do to adopt robust DE and I initiatives and how do they go about becoming a diverse and inclusive organization? How about that? You know, um, it's interesting. It depends on the size of your organization. What we're seeing right now is, you know, in many of the major corporations, they actually have a corporate level or a C-level officer responsible for that. So those organizations, they're well served. They're going to do a great job. And, and it's going to be exciting to see what comes of that in in the next, say, 10 years. But for smaller organizations, I think there are some things that they can do that they don't even recognize are available to them. And the first one that I suggest is that you reach out to the communities where the people you want to attract gather. Um, And people may not be aware, but there's a a Hispanic uh, Chamber of Commerce. Um, There's an association. It's the Black Business Professionals Association. So I would reach out and ask them for help and advice. Tell me what I can do to you know, to attract people, um, maybe even sponsor community initiatives within those organizations. And then I think in every um, city, regardless of size almost, there's always some kind of culture festival. That might be something to consider. You know, maybe sponsor an event there Mm. so that you start to get some recognition and some attraction to draw people to you. And then I would say if you're in an underrepresented market, um, where there just isn't a lot of diversity that you consider a remote workforce because then you have access to the nation and every, you know, every type of employee imaginable is available to you for consideration and hire. That's a lot of great ideas in there. Uh, to Let's wrap up, and, and this is the question I always throw to everyone, and it's really simple. Any final thoughts? Um, you know, I'm really excited by the changes and the shifts that we're seeing with a focus on culture, 
Um, I do think this is just a uh, kind of a side thought. I do think that the floodgates were open when we all went home for COVID. Mm. And two things happened. One is we realized everybody can work remotely. So that does give you that. I call it a, a national talent network, right, which we didn't have before. Um, and then I think the other thing that really came out of that was uh, that need to connect, to collaborate in a, in a more powerful way. And I think both of those things are just they're just um, they're just now kind of scratching the surface of what we're going to see over the next decade. It, it's it's such a fascinating time. I I, mm-hmm. I feel like I say that all the time, as a matter of fact, but I really think it is such a, a fascinating, interesting time. And it's so it's amazing to see the progress we're making. And I, and I yes. hope it continues, obviously. Me too. Me too. It's exciting times. It, it definitely is. Peg, thank yeah. you so much for joining thank the you, show Rob. today. Uh, and you've joined us to share your expertise on culture and diversity, equity and inclusion. And we appreciate you taking the time to join us and to share your thoughts with all of our listeners. That's all the time we have here today alongside Peg Newman of SRA Newman Group. I'm Rob Adams, and this has been another episode of Talent Talks. <laughs>